Hey everyone, Jason and Luke here with the Momentum Mindset Podcast. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Today, we are embracing moments of balance and well being. Luke, tell us some moments of balance. <laughs> what are you doing, man? What am I doing? I'm sitting here talking to you, <laughs> and you're trying to spit out an introduction. I'm trying to, yeah. Um, can you share some moments of balance and well-being? That's a horrible question. Spit them out. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you have know, moments of balance that, and well-being? Well, I'm not well-balanced. and I'm <laughs> <laughs> We know that's why you're asking me the question. What's that? That's why you're asking me the question. Well, yeah, I'm coming to you. I'm seeking some wisdom. <laughs> well, if you are trying to be balanced, like what does balance mean? Like you have a balanced lifestyle. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle, you're looking for a lifestyle where you have an equal amount of time spent in a healthy way with your family, with your friends, with work, whatever that might be. So when we're talking about a balanced lifestyle, it's hard to get there because life is so busy and there's so much stuff being thrown at us. Mm -hmm. But I think one of the best ways to be balanced is to watch what we're putting into our minds mm -hmm. and watch what we're consuming because that's ultimately going to dictate the choices that we make throughout the day, yeah. which lead to us being unbalanced or balanced. Mm. I like that. I like that. If you could boil it down into like four or five different things, what are some different activities you, that a balanced person is doing? Is it sleeping a certain amount of time? Is it eating certain things is it in the gym? I mean, those are the top three for me. It's eating healthy. I want to make sure that I'm active in the gym and getting enough sleep. Anything yeah, else you want to add to that huge. list? Um, yeah, I mean, I I would say I would say health and dieting is huge. Um, we are what we eat, uh -huh. and that seems like a cliche until you actually live it mm -hmm. and you experience um the energy that you have when you eat clean, mm -hmm. as compared to the energy that you don't have when you're eating junk. Yep, and. You're not drinking water. I see you drinking. Yep. Which is very good. I drink, I drink a lot of water, man. When I don't drink, we, this is something interesting. My tennis you know. gets worse when I don't drink enough water. Hmm. So I drink to keep the ringing in, in check. And then I also drink to keep my energy levels high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Darren no, I heard, I heard we have a, we have a group chat. Um, Shout out to. Darren Souter. And oftentimes people will just be drinking in the group chat. And it's, <laughs> did you drink today? Are you drinking? Darren, you drinking and driving? Drinking. <laughs> that's me this morning. So that's, <laughs> don't show the sunburn pics. <laughs> Who's that? Is that Darren? <laughs> Didn't look like Darren. No. Oh, man. Like his son. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, oh, so, yeah, I mean, this, this, you know, this whole thing about eating healthy is like, if we want to be at top of our game, yeah, 
you know, and we want to be the best in whatever industry we're in. All right. Well, that starts with the food that we put into our bodies and we can't neglect that. Um, Another huge thing would be stress management. Okay. Mm. So Mm. um, are you prioritizing self-care in your life that would mitigate the stress and the unnecessary stress that you experience on a daily basis? Yeah. So what are you doing to mitigate stress? Mm. Jason, what do you do to mitigate stress? Well, I'm I'm somebody that doesn't do a great job of coping with stress in a healthy way. It's been an area of focus for the last couple of weeks. My my way of dealing with it, and I've told you this before, is to just go take care of the thing that I'm stressed about, mm-hmm. <laughs> which doesn't lead to balance. If you're constantly absent-minded or you're constantly working on the thing that's stressing you out, you're not living with any kind of balance. Um, this morning I was, I'm going to share this quickly this morning. I did a reading, um, and this is kind of a rare thing for me. I don't, I don't prioritize, um, reading the Bible, reading, reading a devotional every single day. That's not something that is a big priority for me. I'm working on it. Um, listen to this. So I'm going to read from. Matthew 6, verse 26. Actually, I'll start at 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow, uh, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, excuse me, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Mm. So Mm. I want to, I want to learn this. I want to learn how to look to the Lord. I want to learn how to look to God as a source of peace. Mm. So that's how I want to, that's how I want to learn to handle stress. It's like, that's, like, like, that's a, like a garbage truck, man. It's a weird analogy to use <laughs> on the heels of that statement, but it's almost like I can just put my garbage out. It's like, just God, take it away. Just cast my cares. Yeah. Well, it's a promise, right? Mm-hmm. It gives that picture of the the careless nature almost of the animals, the birds, mm-hmm. the beasts, how they're provided for and how they don't worry, almost yeah. like an infant. Um, you know, bringing it back to like baby Asher, like he doesn't worry about where his sustenance is coming from, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. It's his parents who provide for him. Yeah. And it's the yeah. same way. It's like yeah. we're supposed to have that childlike heart, which is really a soft heart, um, knowing that we are taken care of, you know, yeah. and every good thing has already been provided for us. That's why Christ came, you know, is to yeah. to free us, you know. Yeah, yeah, well said. Yeah, agreed. And that's that's our source of 
balance. And that's our source of stress mitigation is, is not our, is not our own strength because you could, and we could sit here and we could read like a gazillion different things, a gazillion different studies. Like there's so many techniques. You could go take a cold shower. You could go to the gym. You could listen to music. You could do something. I'm not saying you shouldn't do those things, but I think ultimately peace is not found here on earth. I think your peace is found in God. And if you can look at God and say, you are my father, you are my creator take all these cares off my plate. You're better off for it, man. Yeah. My peace I give to you, not as the world brings, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's not the peace that we're looking for satisfaction from things, success, whatever else it might be. You know, that peace is found truly through dying to ourselves and, and knowing the Lord, man, that's, mm -hmm. you can't, you can't answer. I'm so glad you brought it up because you can't answer that question and bypass that. No, you can't. No, it, it doesn't make any sense. We rely upon it every day. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So switching gears, man, speaking of stress, we, we could get really stressed out about all that happens in the world around us. I mean, there's so much craziness going on right now and so, something that's affecting our world in real estate sales. Um, it, it's not being talked about very much. Um, and if we live our lives looking at like what we do every day is, oh, it's on like sinking sand and eventually it's all going to topple down. It can really take a toll on your motivation and your confidence to continue doing what you're doing. But there is a big lawsuit going on right now. Um, class action lawsuit uh, where the, um, I want to get this right to the plaintiffs of two massive class action lawsuits. Um, they're suing, they're suing PAR, which is the Pennsylvania, excuse me, NAR, the National Association of Realtors, saying that the 6%, 5% real estate commissions uh, are, are ripping sellers off, essentially. Uh, it's specifically it's, buyer agency commission. Yeah, that's what they're going after, correct. And they're blaming these multiple list services. So for those who don't know, when we get a listing, when a realtor gets a listing, it goes out there into the MLS, which distributes it to all of the real estate websites and then to other agents. And and that tool is what makes hiring a realtor such a, such a unparalleled, experience in selling a home it's i mean that without that tool it's really 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 hard for realtors to get a home sold for anyone to get a home sold um and you combine that with an experienced agent's skill set sales knowledge consultation skills all that stuff it's why most people it's why over 80 percent of sellers all uh, they all work with an agent so um in this lawsuit they're trying to put an end to the way that commission is paid so when a seller hires an agent, the seller is not only paying their agent, they're offering a fee to buyer's agent. And how this lawsuit would affect that is they're saying this fee that they're offering to the buyer's agent is price fixed because all of the local MLSs are requiring a certain amount to be put in, which is not, that's not true. But they're saying if they don't do it, it actually will hurt the seller. So that's the price fix. So if you don't agree to it, it hurts you. And this would be a listing agent having this conversation with the seller. Right. And NAR is referencing the conversation they're having. Yeah. Seller um, 
is now in this position where they're like, well, geez, if my agent is telling me that it's going to negatively impact yeah. the sale of my home, right. do I have a choice? Right. 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 And because of the way it's set up, these local MLSs that we're talking about, and there's there are tons of them all around the country. There's hundreds of them in in the country. So 90% of them are run by realtors associations. And these um, these people who are suing National Association of Realtors are saying, well, they're all getting in together and they're figuring out how to charge exorbitant fees and prop up agent commissions. Really interesting stuff because if the if these people, um, if these plaintiffs succeed, this could change real estate sales as we know it. It would change our jobs. Buyer agency would look entirely different. Fees would look different. Let's let's hit on that, man. Let's let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at um, the past, it it wasn't until what the early two thousands, right, when buyer agency. Um, really became popular? Was it the, mm. the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, Jeff would tell you when he started um, almost, yeah, like 30 years ago, he would say, and Jeff is our, we haven't mentioned, I don't know if we've mentioned Jeff on the podcast. Jeff is our uh, founder here at, at Moments. He um, he said that there was no buyer agency and he would tell you that to see listings or to show listings, you have to flip through a book of listings in any given area, you have to like sit down with your with your buyer clients and say, "All like right, your, let's go uh, listings." What's that magazine? The the penny pincher, penny clipper, <laughs> like something like that, except the real estate yeah. version, where you you flip through this catalog of homes. Kind of crazy. So there was no buyer representation. You could have sub agency, but there was no representation for the buyers, meaning that two agents would work together with the seller to get the house sold. And that started to turn into, well, that sub-agent now actually, instead of representing both representing the seller and being paid by the seller, that that uh, sub-agent became a buyer agent who began to represent the buyer side, but was still paid by the seller. Which is kind of a breach of a fiduciary obligation. That's what these plaintiffs would would argue. They're saying, well, that's this whole thing is broken and it should look different. And if we can make this such that the buyer agent is hired by the buyers instead of the sellers, it would save consumers a ton of money because no one could afford to pay a buyer agent two and a half percent. So you're going to save consumers about 20 to 30 billion dollars a year. Yeah, but consumers are both buyers and sellers. Well, yeah, and that's and, a great point, yeah. And you save consumers, but from what we see on our end is the people that are are struggling the most are not the people who already own homes because the average person lives in a home seven years roughly before they sell. And within seven years, you're starting to hit some some decent principal. You're not just paying interest and you have equity in the home. Yeah. So it's those sellers who have the equity that they can use upon sale yeah. of the home to yep. throw that money into the next purchase. Yep. So for most of our sellers out there, it's not necessarily a, a matter of, hey, we don't have enough cash because they can take that from the sale of their home. It's right. we got to find that property. So it's yeah. not the sellers who are hurting from what I can see mm. as far as paying the buyer agency compensation. Most sellers Mm -hmm. We break that down and explain it to them. Mm -hmm. Our fee is 3%. Yeah. And the buyer agency fee is 
industry standard, two and a half percent, most sellers are more than willing to pay that from what we see. Yeah. Because they don't want to impact negatively impact the sale of their the home. sale of their own home. Right. And and this is what we're seeing. I mean, and this article here that I that I pulled up to summarize this lawsuit, um, the article even the plaintiffs and according to the article, even acknowledge the fact that if you don't offer what other homes around your home, say if you're in the you're wearing the seller hat, if that seller isn't offering the the same commission as the homes surrounding it that are for sale, it negatively impacts sale. But again, where my mind goes is okay, how is that how is that price fixing? That's capitalism at work, right? Like if if one employer, let's just put this hat on, if one employer will pay fifteen bucks an hour for this job. And then another employer over there is offering twenty dollars, and then everyone around that employer is is suddenly switching. But this guy stays the same; he's only offering fifteen. Everyone else is offering, let's say, twenty. He's going to have a little bit of a crisis on his hands. I'm not saying he can't find employees; he can find them. He must he's not going to get the best Jason. ones, right? Go ahead. He must be price fixing. Yeah, but he, and, and that's, therefore he, he should state. be punished. Right, right. So he could go to the state and sue all the other people. And the people who gave them advice to raise their, yeah, yeah. That's kind of what ha- what's happening here. And I think that's why the big brokerages, Keller Williams, the, the Remaxes, Compass, all these big companies are not acknowledging this at all. And they're all named in the lawsuit. And damages could be to the tune of $40, 45000000000 billion if a lot of, I mean, if they win, if these plaintiffs win. But that's no huge. one's talking about it. No one's acknowledging it because- Everyone thinks it's kind of silly, but man, we we live in a world where silly stuff <laughs> wins out all the time in in the court system and in public opinion. Just look at those California wildfires. Yeah, yeah. See, that's a famous that's a famous topic here on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's like there's an unbelievable amount. So so why do you think that this. other why do you think that this is not something that is being publicly discussed? You know, typically when there's, um, you know, anything major that would occur in the real estate industry, either like lending rates going up and down, whatever it is, new yeah. policy, everybody's talking about it. All the real estate gurus yeah. are on YouTube, every yeah. single podcast or whatever. It's all up. We're not hearing anything about this. Why? Why could that be? Yeah, I think because they're not taking it seriously. And I... I, I I think they're not taking it seriously and they are looking at it like we kind of just joked about it. It's like, it's a bit silly. This is a bit silly. But the the truth of the matter is you could you could make a very good case for price fixing because a lot of agents, when they show up at a listing appointment, they're not saying, oh, you can negotiate your fee. Oh, we can offer the buyer agent whatever you want. Here's my suggestion. They're saying... And the mess, this messaging has been out there for years and years and years. This has been the realtor way. This is the industry standard. This is what we do. This is what this is what everyone else does. This is what I do. You go down to Keller Williams, you go down to Remax, you wherever, you'll find an agent out there um, who's offering something less, but they suck. 90% of the other people around here are offering the same fee. So don't bother going and shopping around or asking me to discount my commission. That, that argument could be made. 
that is you're talking about the listing agent arguing about ne- negotiating their their con- their commission the part they're keeping yeah yeah i'm talking about yeah and that's what a lot of sellers in this case are, are saying and a lot of people are testifying in this lawsuit saying that their agents never gave them the chance to negotiate their commission they told them this is the standard this is what everyone else is doing this is what you have to do or you're going to suffer the consequences yeah, I, I think it becomes a um, uh, an issue when a listing agent would say to a seller, listen, this is not it's I don't think it's wrong to say this is industry standard because mm-hmm. that's what most sellers are compensating buyers agents. It's OK to point that out, mm-hmm. but I think it becomes a problem when you start saying this is what you need to do. Right. And our our policy is we only work with sellers who are compensating buyer agents two and a half percent i think if we are genuinely representing the seller we have a fiduciary con- obligation yeah we should explain the the positive and negative benefits of of compensating and not yeah. compensating yeah and how could the how that could impact the sale and yeah. ultimately the amount of money that goes into their pocket but I think to shove that down their throats and say, this is the only way, you know, you're only going to have success if you do that. Well, I think that could be um, that that could be a problem. And I could understand why they're they're looking to, um, you know, come up with punitive damage, damages for it. Yeah, they want they want their pound of flesh for it. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think what I, what I take out of this is uh, we have such a, a, a genuine opportunity like this is a real opportunity to raise the standard in our industry and, and we are we are not if, if everyone did business the way that we did business this sounds awfully self-serving and arrogant but this is the truth we don't go to sellers and say this is what you got to do or this is what this is the only option or this this will hurt you we don't make those threats we give suggestions we we, yep. we play the role of a consultant not somebody who is you know, the, the realtor mentality or the old school realtor mentality of you tell your clients exactly what they need to do and you kind of boss them around into finding a home or selling a home. It's not what we do. And we will, we will gladly leave it up to the seller and explain, here's the, like you said, here are the ramifications of listing a property um, with a discounted, uh, what would we call it, a, a discounted uh, buyer commission based on what is selling around your home. If you are in a new construction neighborhood and you're selling new construction and every single one of them is offering 2%, it is likely not going to hurt you to offer 2% to a buyer agent because look at your competition. Everyone else is doing it. Um, also depends what kind of market you're in. It depends on the market. Buyer's market or seller's market. Sure. And it depends on the price point too, right? Like if it's all $5 million, prop, $5 million properties in some crazy area, it's like, well, if they're offering, if they're all offering one, one and a half percent, it likely won't hurt your, um, it won't hurt your chances of getting the home. So it, it depends on your competition out there. And that's how we explain it. Yes. And it doesn't, it doesn't come from, um, that no one could hear that and, and think it comes from this protectionary because it's not, it's not this protectionary. We got to protect our own and make sure all the realtors out there are able to charge these huge, huge fees. And we all weren't worried about that. No, I'm not worried about that. And because I'm confident, like you're saying, man, I mean, it's ultimately the people that are cared for the people that are having success, the people that have worked with us yeah. Um, in the past. I'm not worried about repeat business. You know, we've already established that and we're, we're building that. 
Um, but I, I like to think that we give options and it's something that really would set us apart and sets really the, the good, the good agents apart from the the novice agents is they give options. You know, we're playing the role of the guide, presenting everything in a clear, concise manner, a non-pressuring way. And then ultimately it is the seller's decision you know, where they want to list the home at. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing with the valuation. Here's market value. We believe if you price it at market value, Mm -hmm. not above, not Mm -hmm. below, you have the best chance of selling for the most amount of money in the least amount of time, right? But if you price it, you know, below market value, it's when you can have have an issue. But ultimately that is your decision as a seller. Yeah, Yeah. agreed. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I have, um, yeah, I have a lot I could say on that subject. Um, but we got to wrap it up here. I, I agree with you. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's the future of real estate sales is to give options and, and play the role of a consultant. And that's, what's going to get you the most business, the most recognition in the industry. Um, and that old school of like, no, this is what we do. This is how it's done. Blah, blah, blah. That's, that's going away. And I think it's for the better. Um, bro, what about, I mean, we should mention this on the subject. What about the people, if they have to hire their own buyer agents, what about the people that can't afford to do it? And that's the big problem we're seeing out there is buyers who aren't winning are low on cash and to win, you need the cash. And if you're spending that cash on an agent, you're probably not going to win. And if you're trying to do it without an agent, it's why a record number of buyers have hired agents. It's, it's almost, it's almost 90%. Yeah. Um, and we hear it all the time, right? Because we, we talking to buyers and they say, yeah. Luke, we've been, you know, hopping around from from agent to agent without any contract. There's no commitment. Yeah. Uh, or we're on 20 different property searches. It's so hard to have success. Yeah. Well, are you under buyer agency with an agent? No. Right. We need help. You know, that's why buyers come to us is because they want to have success and they're tired of running around. It's hard to have traction yeah. if you don't have a personal advocate. It's yeah. really hard. Yeah, it's true. It's so true. Mm. Yeah, it's really hard. And then and let alone paying for it because as you were saying, sellers are sitting on a record amount of appreciation in their, and, and um, cash in their homes, man. So it's, it's not, it's not a problem. It's why it's been done this way. It's why it, likely will continue being done this way. Uh, but if it changes, this is what the podcast is about. It's about we pivot when the market changes. We we pivot to change in circumstances. And the reality is also that if the industry changes in a massive way, that creates a massive amount of opportunity too. So mm. that's that's the moment's brand. That's what moments does is that we are ahead of the curve and that if the market changes, we'll be we'll be the first to act and take advantage of it. So freaking let's go, man. Let's go, bro. (laughs) All right. Well, signing off, I guess. Have a good week. I'll talk to you soon. Luke's getting married next weekend. This is your last weekend as a engaged. I I was going to say single, but you're not single. You're, you're an engaged soon to be married, man. Um, That's right. But Ladies, this is your last chance. No. Nope. That's why I have the ring. Uh, shoot. No chance. 
Never mind. Strike it out. We'll edit it out. We'll edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time.